Hey, it's Nathan. I'm sitting here night before a Free Your Mind conference starts. Got uh, some tarot, tarot cards in front of me about to do a reading. thought I might do a live reading because that's kind of interesting. Whenever I do tarot, I like to do a 10-card spread. It's kind of the classic tarot spread. I don't know what it's called, but you can look it up. Oh, man. First card. Upside down. The lovers. Yeesh. <laughs> I wish that one was right side up. That would be... Oh, man. Second card. The Fool. Upside down. Okay. Well, at least I'm not I'm not a fool, so... Oh, good. So we got a Ten of Swords upside down. Which, that's not exactly a good card. But uh, you, you would think it's good because on the card, there's a guy being stabbed with Ten Swords. So at least that's sort of what it hits me instantly so that's upside down but the ten of swords sort of represents uh, knowledge and uh, imagination taken to its extreme so maybe this sort of tells me that I got some more imagination imagination work to do but I'm not the fool because I got the fool upside down so I'm not just a beginner here three of wands Seems like I could do better than that. Knight of Cups upside down. Interesting. Not going to take that one as a good sign. <laughs> Alright, oh, here, here we got a good one. Seven of uh, Pentacles. We have a guy looking at a plant that he grew. And he's admiring all of the nice fruits, which are Pentacles. Little discs. With, you know, swirly goods. It's working out. That one's sideways. So yeah, just got a nine of, well, six of pentacles upside down. So this is back to a material stabilization and getting to the point financially and materially where you can start helping other people because you've got your shit taken together. So that's upside down. means I still got some work to do. Eight of swords. This is a good one. Even though it does sort of have a woman tied up and bound, I don't know if, about that, but uh, it's a good number for swords, I'm pretty sure. I'll have to look that one up later and see exactly what it means. Could, could be a bad vibe with that with that woman on there. Oh, man. I keep getting this one. Uh, four, uh, four of Pentacles upside down. It's just like your daily finances... Uh, not quite stable yet. Been getting that one over and over again. So final draw. Hopefully we can make end it with a bang. Okay. Yeah, this is a good one. Nine of Cups. We have a man sitting here with his arm arms folded. A nice satisfied look on his man. He's on his face. He looks a little chubby, like he's you know been drinking from the cup a lot. And we have nine cups behind him, and he's very proud of the work he's done. So I, I'll take that one. That's a good good ending. have a lot to think about here, but I guess what this is telling me is I'm probably going to get out what I've been putting in, which should be good. There should be some good and bad, you know, because I've been doing a lot of work. And, but, you know, you could always do better. So my finances aren't exactly super stable or anything. I've kind of dependent on uh, others for that which sort of explains this pinnacle card and that's going to uh 
affect every other aspects of my life in the in the field having that you know not be super together and in place but i am like i said uh, obviously i'm not the fool in this one and i'm also not the lovers which the lovers is sort of like the pentacle of uh harmony with natural law so so i guess what this is telling me is i'm somewhere between the fool and the lovers because they're both upside down and so so i'm trying to get to the lovers card but still some work to do got to get my uh my game on basically Figure out what I've got going wrong in my head, which I, I've been figuring that out, uh, doing the shadow work. Those The ceremony last weekend hit me pretty hard. Ayahuasca ceremony, doing a lot of shadow work since then. Even even while we were there, we were doing shadow work. I, I got blown out into way out in space, way out there, because uh, it was two rounds of it, and uh, the first round went super well, but... It went better than usual, and I was like, I don't even know if I should take another shot of this. This is so much. But I did. Took another shot. Man, I was out there. We were all out there in the zone together. <laughs> and I found my way back. Uh, for a while, I was afraid I would get stuck, you know, lost in space forever kind of thing. Maybe die out there. But uh, I made it back into this timeline. It feels So it feels sort of like you traveled, you know, a thousand miles uh, definitely got some high-level uh, information, the kind that you can't really put into words. You know, seeing big, big lights in your head, having your lights majorly turned on in the spirit realm. Third eye wide open, wide open, more open than ever. I could actually see in the dark if I just closed my eyes. Could see all the way across the valley, even if it was it was nighttime. Could see all the way across. Zoom in on little details if I wanted. So that's a good sign. My uh, Kundalini was have it rose all the way up out the top of my head. No resistance at all. Like I didn't even know it was possible for it to just blast out the top of your head and shoot up in like a uh, sort of like a laser beam coming from source. So that's how I perceived it. I had source a gigantic ball of light under me shoot up through the root chakra a big kind of like a column infinitely large column it seemed light nice probably about a foot thick and blast out you know the crown chakra the other two times that something like that has happened has also been at uh ayahuasca diamine cer ceremonies and uh I've made progress each time because there's less and less resistance I didn't have quite as much kundalini this time because, uh, you know, I, I screwed up in the uh, s sperm saving is how you do it. You have to uh, avoid releasing sperm and avoid lust and uh, that kind of vibration. So I, I wasn't perfect between this time and last time. Last time I just had so much kundalini, it was just exploding for an hour. An hour straight in my head. But, but I had less resistance this time. So while it wasn't as powerful and it didn't last as long, it just shot right out the top of my head. with Like, I, I'd made a lot of progress. So I'm on the right path. Nothing to worry about. But uh, you get kind of excited about a big event like Free Your Mind Conference. You get excited about it uh, before you even get there. 
and you start to feel in the quantum field the energy and I can feel the energy and it's big this year that should be bigger than last year a lot a lot bigger than last year it's I'm feeling it I've been feeling it all day I've been pretty excited I had some yerba mate and a little bit of these um, focus and uh, aphrodisiac pills thrive on the stuff that I have been those powders that I had bought off Amazon for the plant extract. Somebody wanted me to describe how it makes you feel, so I guess I'll just go ahead and do that. It uh, you feel definitely heavy. Makes me feel heavy. I'm, I am a, a boy, so my charge is going to feel that way. I don't know how it would feel for girls. It might make them feel super light and airy and bubbly. For all I know, I've never, I've never really. Uh, known a girl who has, you know, done this thing that I'm doing now. So for people who didn't listen, I bought like 25 different herbs and aphrodisiac natural plant um, medicines type things off Amazon. And they, they're extracts, so they're really strong. A lot of them are. I looked them up on the internet to figure out which ones work best. Um, so, for example, I, I got some horny goat extract, this stuff called Long Jack which is funny because it might as well just be called Big Dick. I mean, that's that's kind of the, the whole purpose. But um, Pine Pollen, I think that's one of the most powerful ones. And it's also a superfood. It seemed to have all these abilities, but it definitely made your blood boil is a good way to put it. So, uh, yeah, it's definitely worked. I've been doing it about two weeks now, and I've been adding a few here and there. Like in the mail today, I just got... Cordyceps mushroom and one other type of mushroom extract, chaga, which I don't know if that's the same as shiaga, which is what um, the Native American group is selling. I think I'm pretty sure they're different, but chaga is popular too. So I got some of that. I, I got this stuff called black ant, which apparently is made out of black ants. They grind them up into this powder, it's sparkly black powder. It almost looks a little sharp, kind of. <laughs> it must be the exoskeleton. But, yeah, you just throw some of that in there. It's supposed to be really good for you. Which I'm mostly vegan, but obviously not perfect. Because, you know, a true judgmental vegan <laughs> would obviously tell you that you're a bad person for eating ant powder. Which they're right to a degree. They are right. Eating anything makes you a bad person to a degree. So ants are probably a lot worse than plants. <laughs> but I guess, uh, you know, I'm going to accept the karma. Ants are better than meat. So we'll see what it does. It's supposed to be good. So it makes your charge strong. And uh, how that sort of feels is you feel heavy. Uh, you feel your muscles feel like they're getting bigger, kind of like growing and also being more dense I probably need to weigh myself because I had this year I have gained a little bit of weight which is good because I've been trying to do that I think last time I checked I weighed 155 which is 10 pounds more than I had been about a year ago I had been weighing in at 145 for a while and I've been intending to gain you know muscle mass so it looks like I'm on the right track we'll have to check again but what else does it do so when I took that pine pollen. I woke up, uh, I got it in the mail in the day, so I took some kind of at night, the recommended amount, which was half a, t half a teaspoon. I took that, 
And then I went to bed, and probably two or three hours later, I woke up, and my body was just surging with energy. It was like I couldn't go to back to sleep for an hour, and my heart was beating a little bit faster than normal. Not racing, like on amphetamines or anything like that, but... And then it felt like um, my blood vessels had dilated all through my body, so uh, like my arms and everything, all of my muscles felt like they were swelling and kind of like pumping, you know, with the blood and everything, which you can imagine what else that would do, but it was overall not too bad. It wasn't like, um, you know, some of those artificial, like, what do they call it, Viagra, (laughs) You know, those stories you hear about somebody taking too much Viagra, it wasn't any, anything like that. It was doable. I think the next day, uh, maybe my testicles were maybe just a tad sore, but not. Any, it was felt like, you know, somebody nut-tapped you just a little bit. Not anything serious. So I just I decided I would cut the dose down, and I've mixed them all together now, and I carry around a gigantic thing of powder, a big Tupperware thing. It's all of them mixed together. You know, I don't know what exactly the perfect dose would be. I'm sure, depending on how you mix it, you'd get different effects and everything. But working really good so far. I've I've been eating it all day long. Basically, as much as I feel, you know, you don't want to overdo it, but just use your own sort of judgment and feel feel in your body and see how it makes you feel. So uh, it seems to work. Like I said, I feel more heavy. My muscles feel tighter, I guess. Definitely have more energy. I've been exercising a whole lot. Today, I went running three miles. I think I went running yesterday. I I went to the the rock climbing gym yesterday. Uh, That's good. That's one of the secrets of this type of uh, supplements, and probably the same with, like, if you were going to do anabolic steroids, which I'm not going to do that. If you were going to do that, you would probably want to be exercising a lot. Otherwise, I don't know if it would even work that well, you know. But they they definitely work, and the the exercise helps, you know, boost your masculine energy just just right there, just doing exercise. That helps. Getting the sunlight that makes everything grow. So that's I always do that when I go running. Take your shirt off. And uh, yeah, definitely increases you know the the libido, and the way that manifests is sort of like you you seem to get more wild and crazy sexual fantasies kind of thing. Get them more often. There seem to be more more out there. <laughs> but uh, I I like I said, I try to save the sperm as much as I can, so it's not like. Um, you don't just walk around with a heart on or anything because that doesn't happen unless you indulge and, in, you know, indulge your fantasies, which I don't do that anymore. I try to avoid that as much as I can. So I, I have carrying a massive charge right now, which is good for free your mind conference because anytime I'm going to a big event like that, I always try to get a big charge. Last year I had a three-week charge, which was pretty good. That's pretty damn good. This year is like a two-week two week charge. Uh, pretty da- goddamn good. I, I kind of screwed up two weeks ago, but, you know, maybe it could have been a little better, but it's pretty damn good, especially with these uh, enhancers I've been on. And uh, I've been really consistent over this year, and I haven't um, relapsed 
you know, with the online porn or anything in a few months. It's been a while. So I, I'm on... I'm really ready to reap the product of my labor kind of thing. What do they call that? Reaping what you sow? I've been sowing pretty well. Overall, I feel like I've, I just work every day on myself. Not even necessarily in the external war world. I've been trying to do the shadow work. I've been doing a lot of it. A lot of it this week since that ceremony. been crying a lot. You know, meditating a lot. Uh, that's just good. It's exactly what it's supposed to do, and, you know, it gets that stuff that's deep inside you, it gets it out, so you feel better, so, typically, you know, the week or so after you do a ceremony, uh, this ayahuasca stuff is so powerful, the other peyote is, too, I think you just have to take, uh, for me, I probably should up my dose of peyote when I go, so I, I've been taking one, one cup, which is pretty, pretty damn powerful, but, I think I could step it up, you know, a cup and a half, Maybe I'll try that. It just tastes so fucking terrible. It tastes like vomit. <laughs> just the smell of it makes you want to throw up, to be honest. Even right now, I'm, just, I'm making myself sick just talking about it. But uh, very good for emotional detox. So the week after the ceremony, definitely have a lot of release going on. It's this stuff deep inside, it bubbles up. I just lay there for hours sometimes. Sometimes I lay there for four hours in one day. Not straight, but like two hours at a time kind of thing. Probably today I did it for two or three hours, probably. Something like that. So I've been getting a lot of it out, and I feel a lot better already. And I'm ready for, you know, some good karma. Some, you know, good, fun experiences that will make me forget all about all of that horrible uh, shadow work I've been doing, you know? Once I start, once I really catch, get on my feet... And uh, get all this burden. That's what it's called. It's called a burden. Once you get all that off, you start running again, free. You start manifesting things you want. I'm pretty sure sooner or later I'll forget all about it. Which will be, uh, you know, then I'll be a really powerful manifester. Which is sort of what uh, the whole point of life is, right? Get what you want. Just stop feeling sorry for yourself. <laughs> Oh, easier said than done, but you got it. The first step, I guess, is saying it, and that is possible. It is possible. So, a uh, powerful thing about Free Your Mind Conference is it's a manifestation event, meaning there's going to be 600 people there this year, which I, I guarantee is more than last year. Seemed like there was probably 500 last year at the most, but. We'll see when we get there. They come from all over the world. And they all have, you know, a few things in common. Either they're Mark Passio fans, which that right there is a guarantee that somebody is enlightened. You know, if just if you can stand Mark Passio and actually give him a chance and hear the message that he's saying without, you know, his personality. Which I like his personality, so it's easy for me. But some people, for some reason, don't like his personality and don't like his presentation style and his voice. You know, so... But his message is so powerful that it's like, if you're really listening to the words and taking them in, you're enlightened. is is uh, pretty enlightened, at least. You're somewhere on that spectrum, you know, compared to uh, a lot of people. Like, I was just listening to a guy on Facebook, a patriot-type guy who was... Involved in that uh, 
standout with the Bureau of Land Management. It was the Bundy Ranch standoff. And he was uh, trying to warn everybody that, you know, the whole court, court, they were all in court, all the Bundys and some other people, I guess. And he was warning everyone that the judge was totally corrupt and that she was just, you know, fucking him in the ass, which I was like, yeah, dude, <laughs> what the hell did y'all think was going to happen? You know, getting yourself arrested. Did you think they were just going to let you out or would you know what what kind of precedent would that set, you know, that we can all just rebel and and they will just give up with no fight? <laughs> I mean, of course they're going to lie about shit and then not let part one of his complaints was they didn't let any of the witnesses on the Bundys speak out about how they were threatened by uh BLM agents, but they let all the BLM people speak, you know. They let people speak about how threatened they were of the militia and the Bundys for like weeks but one once that was over then the judge was like well i'm not gonna let anybody speak uh who wasn't there on a specific date and so that just limited you know the number of witnesses to like two i think they they had like two witnesses and one was the defendant himself or something which yeah i mean the whole thing's totally corrupt but th this is just a manifestation of a much deeper problem which is the problem of authority and um a good thing to look at is the stanford prison experiments it's like all of this shit manifests anytime you put someone in a uniform and tell them they're better than everyone else. You know, you, you put someone in a doofy robe, a black robe with a, you know, Saturnian symbolism in the court as if they're God. And this manifests every time. There's no way around it. And so you just got to recognize the pattern, take it down to the root, boil out everything that's, you know, not, not a part of the root cause, that is just the effects right so this guy's solution was like you know we need to show up at court and give them our moral support and write your senators and uh i just want to warn everybody we got to stand up we got to stand up and do something about it which you know he's he's partially right yeah it is time to stand up and, and take things seriously but i could tell he wasn't down to the root causes yet and one way that is a very obvious giveaway if someone doesn't get it is if they bring up the Constitution, which he did. He was like, we need to protect the rights that the Constitution gives us. And, you know, the oath that the judge took, he's not honoring his oath to the Constitution and to protecting our rights. And we are we are the fourth branch of government. He said he's yeah. He said the people are the fourth branch of government, which is just totally fucking stupid. It's just mind control. This is what feeds into this whole uh, ide religious fervor that somehow voting is going to fix shit, right? As if we haven't, you know, people haven't been voting for 250 years and it obviously didn't fix anything, right? I mean, it wasn't that bad when it started. Yeah. I mean, there was some slaves in certain uh, parts of the country, like, you know, half the country. And, uh, obviously if voting was the magic bullet, then, uh, they would have just taken care of that, and we would all be in perfect anarchy by now. But no, it went in the total opposite direction. Fast, too. Only 250 years. And here we are in, like, the biggest, most totalitarian evil police state of all time. More worse than Nazi Germany. Way worse. I mean, Hitler wasn't able to imprison this many people. As, you know, in the tens of millions of people in jail for fucking drugs and, you know, not paying taxes. They had to bomb the shit out of all the countries. Syria now, you know, come up with as many excuses or just create excuses, right? Do some false flags here and there. Yeah, it's pretty real. 
it's hard to say, you know, which regime was the worst, because I didn't live in Germany, I, I didn't live in Soviet Russia. North Korea is pretty up there, though. You, you gotta give it to Kim Jong. <laughs> He's, man, I don't know, that might just be the worst place on Earth. Definitely worse than here. At least for the average citizen, and even for the people in those jails over there, you hear some terrible stuff about the jails over in North Korea. Just another one of those elephants in the room that nobody wants to talk about, especially a fucking politician. That's the last thing a politician wants to talk about. They're just too busy talking about, uh, you know, Syria, you know, well, all the mind control. You know, turn the TV on, you'll see it. Doesn't matter what they say. I don't even, you shouldn't even listen to them anymore. Sometimes I, I just look at them just to see how demonic it is, see if it got worse or not. This one today was on Fox News. I walked by a TV with a guy watching Fox News again. And, uh, man, there was this total reptile-looking thing on there. He looked like a dinosaur. The guy t talking about Syria and, um, you know, we, how we have to go bomb the shit out of them. Uh, I, I think they were pointing out that um, Donald Trump's a hypocrite, which, of course, they would do that. I mean, every he is a hypocrite, but... Of course they would do that because that's the, the whole media was against him during his entire campaign campaign so now that you know uh trump seems to have given in to uh the powers that shouldn't be start you know he fell in line it, it almost comes off to me like he he's not actually gonna <laughs> change anything especially with some of the shit that he talks about you know with the uh mexicans and the fucking syrians now um, for a while, he was threatening cannabis states, saying that, you know, we were going to take away your cannabis rights and shit. So we'll see how it goes. But. So, Free Your Mind's awesome because people there get all this stuff already, right? Like, they, they've they been tuning in to the right people, and they, they're aware of a lot of stuff. Everyone's aware to different degrees, and, you know, we all don't agree on everything, obviously. Even some fundamental stuff things a lot of people aren't all the way there at but it's like just gives you a break from you know the people that you're used to which when i'm in little springfield it's like my parents a few people here and there and that's it i see them at ceremony ceremony's cool and that's sort of a different vibe well that's a really good vibe you know getting everyone on psychedelics at the same time that's just otherworldly it's always good too so the ceremony i'm extremely grateful for but free your mind is a totally different vibe a totally different people uh you meet a lot of strangers and then you see some of the same faces and a lot of people are there to try to figure out what they need to be doing you know to start fixing things because i was just thinking about this and it's like we really can't get out of the prison until we learn the root causes as a as a society and like a lot of people have to learn not just not just me and my friends a lot of people got to figure it out because the dark side has figured out how to attack they they go for the weakest link and this is in people's heads and it's physically too like they figure out how to uh, divide and conquer first of all and then they will all gang up. See, they're not divided and conquered. They're united we stand. The police and the military and the government, all of them are on the same team. It's against their rules to attack each other. So they're a gigantic army, a standing army with, with a 
you know, beautiful chain of command that everybody obeys all the way up. And yeah, sometimes people disobey, but they're not usually going to get in trouble as long as, you know, they're going with the flow for the most part. But it's like they, they will never betray each other. They don't. And if one of them does, they're quickly removed from the group. So it's a cult. And the reason why this works so good on the U.S. citizens is because the U.S. citizens are have been divided by the media so thoroughly that there's not enough people willing to agree on anything to even stand up against these cult members. So it doesn't, you know, the cult members might only be 3% or 1% of the population, but they, they are so organized, you know, with the radios and the uniforms and the laws and everything. They're so organized and they're in military fashion that it's an extremely powerful force when people are so divided. You know, when nobody sees it for what it is and... Nobody organizes against it, and nobody speaks out, um, you know, in a powerful, organized way. They can just, you know, dominate uh, the masses, even though they're they're a minority. the The government is a minority, and they're claiming that they have rulership and authority over people that they don't even know and they've never met. Right? They claim to to own my body, and they claim to own uh, all the product of my labor, and they the you know, the drug war is a claim on your body. If somebody is telling you that you can't put certain things in your body, then that they're, what they're really saying is that they own your body and um, you have no say into what goes into it. They get to mandate everything that you're allowed to do and not do, or even just a few things. But it's, it's a claim of ownership to a degree. And it's, you know, it's pure evil is what it is, because they'll kill you if you disagree and, you know, want to have freedom with your own body. Or, or throw you in a cage, you know. If that doesn't work, though, they'll, they'll just kill you right there. So, yeah, uni unity is required to get yourself out of a prison. The inmates need to get on the same page about things. Little basics, right? It's like um, what they've brainwashed everyone is to... They've taken it to the as far as they can. They need to get... them. The lie has to be big, and they have to repeat it, and then people will believe it, is what Hitler said. So what they'll tell everyone, you know, allegorically, is that 1, one plus 1 equals 0. 0 plus 1 equals negative 4. And um, it, and they'll they'll say even worse lies. Like you get to make up what one plus one is. If you don't like one plus one equals two, well, you don't have to believe that. Just believe one plus one equals zero. It's perfectly valid, and nobody should try to correct you either, because that's you know politically incorrect, and uh, that's that's hate speech. If you try to correct another person, you know if they disagree with us, right? It's hate speech if you disagree with us on certain things. As and you know our lies, so we can't we can't get out of the prison because getting out of the prison you know requires people to understand higher level math. A lot of people, right, like calculus and stuff. And yeah, some of us understand spiritual calculus, but it seems like the majority of people are just busy either ignoring all of it, trying to uh, live in a bubble, and eat their McDonald's and their ice cream and and watch their TV and just try to forget about it all. Or they're busy fighting with each other over, um, like, whether 1 plus 1 equals negative 4 or negative 3. Because, you know, one of them is sure, 
one of them prefers it to be negative 4, and then the other one just hasn't looked into math at all, and they're just repeating stuff the TV told them. So they, their answer to 1 plus 1 is negative 3. And then another guy's answer is negative 2 because he's been watching different channels than the, than the second guy. He's been watching uh, CNN while the second guy's been watching Fox News. And Fox News says 1 plus 1 is negative 3. CNN says it's negative 4. And then you have another guy watching uh, John Stewart and uh, John, Bill Mayer. And he thinks 1 plus 1 equals 0. And so when you get an entire population where like 1% of people even know what 1 plus 1 is, <laughs> the 1% who understand <laughs> aren't going to be able to match up in strength against the uh, 3% who are cult members who are completely organized and they all know that 1 plus 1 equals 10. For them, 1 plus 1 equals 10 and they've all been mandated that they have to agree or they will be fired. And so, uh, when you get three percent, at least three percent can agree one plus one equals ten, and anyone who disagrees, <laughs> you know, should be in jail. But only one percent understand one plus one is two, and then like one tenth of a percent know how to do multiplication correctly. And that's how we end up with uh, uh, our tax money, not my tax money, your, you know, the tax money that is belongs to whoever I don't know who it belongs to doesn't belong to the taxpayers that's that's the joke that's the big one plus one equals negative one <laughs> the idea that it's our tax money is being spent on this and that it's like no man that ain't your tax money they stole it rightfully from you you gave it to them you didn't even put up a fight and it's in their hands now and they don't give a goddamn what you want <laughs> done with it because it your your say isn't it? you don't have any say over what your tax money is you know going to be used for so just just let that go that the idea that it's your tax money it ain't your tax money they stole it and it's their money now they're going to use it for you know to blow up brown kids for god's sake that's how that stuff manifests it manifests from people not understanding 1 plus 1 equals 2 when you don't understand that and everyone disagrees on it and gets it's in it out of harmony with the truth, you know, even if everyone agreed one plus one equals negative one, we would still, you know, have everything. It would be even worse, right? So I don't know if it could get. This these are manifestations that start from root problems, which the problems are that people in a large enough number of people cannot agree on basics of like morality and the nature of the universe but really just morality you know that's the basic math there's basics to morality that people just have to swallow their pride and realize that they're not god and it does exist morality does exist it's a legitimate philosophical concept and it's it's not just some fantasy that religious people came up with and part of the reason why people get on that is because the religious people programmed their followers all wrong and so that that's another manifestation of that is like christians constantly telling everyone morality is this when that's not what it actually is and then there's a backlash, and now the atheists throw up in their mouth when they hear the word morality. And so they're not going to understand it, because they're just trying to forget about those days, you know, when the Christians told them that they were evil because they enjoyed sex or something before marriage. <laughs> so uh, it's, it seems like, I don't know how we all got so confused about this. Like, how did it happen? I don't even know. I was born into this reality, and uh, 
man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't can't see myself, you know, voluntarily coming back here for a while. <laughs> that's for sure. Uh, maybe, I don't know what I'll do when I die, but hopefully I'll have learned a little, quite a bit more lessons before then. Certainly hope so. That's part of what Free Your Mind is about. Learn, learn some lessons, uh, connect with people who are also interested in learning and making changes in the world. Uh, you know, collaborate with projects. Uh, if, if I'm lucky, I might get a guest on uh, the show. You know, no guarantees. I am going to do my monologue, so at least at the end of the night. I could see myself doing one or two at least. So it's a big opportunity for me. I'm lucky that I can afford to go to a conference like that, even if it is just once a year. It'll be a, a nice break. Uh, definitely a nice escape from, you know, my dissertation and, and all of my schoolwork. Should be over with this month. And uh, might do a little bit of work while I'm there. One of my advisors was supposed to email me some updates on my manuscripts for the dissertation, and I don't think they attached it. So I might, you know, if they, if they don't, you know, send me the the updates by mon by Monday, then I might just not have to do any work while I'm there. Just forget all about it for a weekend, even though I was supposed to get it done by Monday or t Tuesday or something. As, f as soon as I can over the weekend, they they wanted me to just they wanted me to clear my weekend. <laughs> to do my dissertation work and uh, I just pretended like I didn't I didn't say I was going to do that but I didn't tell them what I was really going to be doing this weekend <laughs> because I planned this out you know a year in advance so uh, they ain't, they ain't going to scare me out of going to free your mind like uh, they, they can't scare me I'll just do an hour here and there I'll do some on the plane I'm sure I'll get it done no big deal Kind of reminds me of this guy named Tucker Max. He went through like uh, lawyer school, law school, and he was like just partying the whole time. Uh, for one semester, the entire semester, he wasn't even in the country. He was in like spring break in Cancun the whole semester, and he still passed because he was saying that law school is such a ridiculous joke that you don't even have to go to class. And uh, somehow it, it worked out for him. Now, I don't know if I could just recommend that to everybody, but I, I have to be a little bit present. You know, I think the key is to just answer to the emails when when you're emailed, respond, uh, do the bare minimum. Like the grad school has certain things they require every semester, like you have to pay for tuition, and then you've got to do progress reports. Just do all that shit. Um, answer your emails. You know, try to look for funding, which is a requirement for grad school in the science field. I mean, that's totally fucked up because uh, here we are with a pyramid scheme again. There's there's only a tiny amount of funding, and there's not enough for all the kids. So it's you versus all the other kids, and you have to start begging the professors. And the professor only wants the best student, you know, to do his his research because it has to turn out really good, or the federal government won't give him any more money because they they even the even the professors have to get funding, right? And if a professor can't get enough funding, which there's not enough for everybody, of course, because, you know, the Federal Reserve Ponzi scheme, there can't be enough funding for everybody. So the professors have to compete on, on it, and then they pass that down to the students, and it's like uh, Hunger Games, kind of. I haven't seen that movie, but, you know... Publish or perish is one thing they say. Is like, yeah, yeah, we have to all be in a big race and publish as many papers as we can.
And as soon as you finish publishing a paper, which is like a two-year process, and, you know, complete headache, then you just got to turn around once you're done with that and start applying for more grants so you can publish more papers and get more grad students and be on more dissertation committees. And uh, we'll just work you to death. In about 10 years, once you finally get tenure and you feel like your uh, job is secure, well, by then, your cholesterol and, and your blood pressure is so goddamn high that, you know, how many years left are you going to live? Like, I, if you... <laughs> At least, at least you don't have to worry about job security anymore, but, uh, you know, the medical bills with all the stress over that, that amount of time, you just might not be getting enough money from, you know, the government handouts. I don't know how much they pay those professors, but at the public schools, it's probably not much for the amount of work that they do. They just, they just run them to death. It's like some of them, I, I tried to apply at Drury University for, you know, just, just investigating what positions they have. And one of them was like a professor position, and they expected they had three criteria for which they judge the each professor. You know, the authorities of the school, the deans of the college, and everything. They judge them on their research, which is a total ass fuck in the first place. Yeah, you know, that's how many papers did you publish this year, and were they accepted, and were the reviews good, and was the topic, uh, you know, a hard, real, you know, respectable, noble topic, and did a lot of people read those papers, and, and did it make the university look good, and how many did you get, you know, how much grant, how much money did it cost, that's a big one, it's like, you, you, did you, get, were you able to get a half million dollar grant, that's pretty good. If you got a half million dollar grant, well, we'll, we'll keep you on the team because we need more of that money rolling in. How many grad students did you have on this project? Did you have two? Two is a pretty high number. At least you got to have at least one, though. You got to have at least one grad student, or else uh, you know you're on the chopping block. If you have zero grad students but you still got a grant, well, that's better than nothing. You know, we might keep you along unless, of course, you're not as good as some of these other people. Because we can't pay everyone. Even the, <laughs> even the deans of the college have to get funding. They get their certain amount of funding every year. And um, you can't pay all the professors. You know, we've got this, like, eight-year uh, time window that we grade all the professors before we give anybody tenure. And, um, you know, we got to get rid of some of y'all. We can't have all of you being tenured professors because there just isn't enough funding. You know, all of our funding comes from Obama, and he's he's a Nazi, of course. They, that's one of the most hilarious things about this whole environment is these stupid, like, scientists and uh, academic types all constantly complaining about how <laughs> the government needs to provide more funding for their research, right? Yeah, yeah, you want more slavery for every American so that you can do boring ass research yeah that that's not gonna fix anything right like for god's sakes they i was involved in animal torture that was what my research was and useless computer algorithms it's like come on man you you want the government to give you more money so you can torture the grad students even longer torture more grad students the whole environment is a joke i mean uh feel like I'm the only one that I know that had to go through that garbage but it's like you, you it manifests even in elementary school it starts with the whole public school yeah what they need they have their budget it's like everything has to have a budget elementary school has a budget middle school has a budget um, 
They can't feed all the kids good food. You know, only the most prestigious high schools can have good food. The other ones are just stuck with pizza. (laughs) School was uh, one of the biggest sources of my trauma in life, if you haven't figured that out. And I didn't even go to public school. I feel sorry for those kids because I hear it's pretty bad. But I went to private school, and it, it was modeled after public school. And could have you, you know, I could have used a little bit of homeschool growing up. Problem with homeschool is uh, the parents, you know, aren't able to pay for for it to a degree because you know they have a budget too. Is there ain't enough money for every parent? Nope. If you don't, if you run out of money as a citizen, well, we'll just throw your ass in prison or on the street. Even if you have kids, fuck your kids. You know, you couldn't get a job at, you couldn't hold it, get enough money to pay rent. Fuck your kids. They can, they can die in the, the cold, basically. They can starve. <laughs> oh, the hatred. It's just, I, I feel it coming out of my mouth. Just trying to repeat the way society is. It almost makes you feel dirty just talking about it. <laughs> but that's part of the medicine, right? You don't want to just ignore shit like that. It's part of the medicine. Because if you think you're just going to ignore all the bad stuff and it's just going to go away and not get worse, well, uh, good luck with that. So people don't need, you know, I think that we need to not be afraid to look at this type of stuff and talk about it together and, you know, not try to act, Not don't side with the system. So you see a lot of this. You see a lot of, you know, people shaming each other. When somebody has a problem with the system, it's like, the zombies and the sheeple will shame the person who has the problem. They do it to me all the time, like the sheeple do. Uh, you start talking about taxation being theft, and there's no such thing as representation, and they just immediately bring it down to the level of ad hominem personal uh, insults that are not even related at all to the topic of discussion. Like on Facebook, I will be like, Hey, did you know that um, the government is slavery? And they're like, what are you, some kind of fucking retard? You just stop, shut up, you little kid. You're acting like a baby. And they're like, I'm glad you don't vote. That's the first thing they do, man. I mean, you can tell they're programmed because of the knee-jerk, fearful, hateful reaction. I mean, that's hate speech, if you ask me. The, the type of uh, personal insults that you get just for saying things that are true. It's like you just get uh, tomatoes thrown in your face instantly. They don't even, they don't tolerate it anymore. I think it's because the truth tellers are cracking the eggshell and there's cracks in the shell and it's about to burst, you know, and people are going to have to accept it very soon. And so they're fighting it so hard because, you know, they, they think they can just shut the truth up and, you know, if they throw enough tomatoes, it'll shut up and they're getting nervous now because there's more of these truth tellers um, showing up out of nowhere and they weren't even able to shut me up, right? They can't even, they, they've been working on me for two years and I haven't shut up. I mean, I'm telling it harder than I ever have. And now there's more of them. I've been multiplying them. Now there's more of them. And now the sheeple are wondering if they're not the ones wrong, but they can't admit that. Not for, not yet at least. They're, they're starting to, but you know, for now they're stuck. They're just getting in a frantic frenzy of tomato throwing uh, and it's almost like they're hiding from the truth at this point, and anybody who who dares to speak it should just instantly eat a tomato. So just to try to shut them up, but it's not going to work. 
They doesn't work on Facebook. I I always engage them as soon as they start tomato throwing. I just uh I keep saying it, man. You know, try to dodge the tomatoes, I guess, but you turn it around on them kind of thing. Like you throw you just um I don't get that to that type of kiddish insults anymore. I tried that. I tried, you know, um if they one strategy I had tried for a while that I had a little bit of success with is if they say anything stupid like that, then you just turn around and say the exact same thing right back to them like a little kid. Like, I know you are, but what am I kind of thing. Like, if they call me a little kid, then I'll be like, no, you're the little kid. And that'll start a chain reaction, uh, but it doesn't – it gets the, the conversation off focus, right? So that's not really I – don't, I don't do that anymore. I just, you know, calmly keep putting the facts out. And make it. Sometimes you can make it a little personal, but I don't go. I don't engage them in this childish name calling, really anymore, because I tried that and it was just like it would sidetrack the whole discussion into a a name calling contest, which is kind of fun for you know a while, but not when you're trying to legitimately do the great work and wake people up. It it's just a waste of time. So that, that's what gives me hope, and uh, seeing a conference like Freedom Mind Conference grow every year, and I'm sure I'll be meeting a lot of new faces, and all the people that will be there from last year and everything, I know they're all going to be more encouraged, because I am. I've been doing my my shadow work and my external work a lot, too, with the podcast, and uh, the energy is just raising. The whole global wake, waking up community, I think it is growing. I think there are new truth tellers every day, and I think we are reaching at a uh, multiplicative exponential rate. And it, you know, it takes a while for the results to manifest, but they're manifesting. They're manifesting, and you see it more and more every day. the The government looks more and more evil every day, and the lies get more bigger and bigger and more and more obvious. Like the false flags, uh, I haven't even been looking into them. But I hear about them. I heard like that London attack was an obvious false flag, and then even Ron Paul is now saying that the Syrian attack is probably a false flag by the deep state. I mean, Ron Paul uh, has respect. He has props from a lot of old people, old Republicans. Uh, he was like, you know, in my opinion, the last politician, the only politician f- for the federal government that I know of that had a shred of decency. I mean, obviously he wasn't that good of a person or he wouldn't be a politician. But somehow he, you know, tried to stay true to the Constitution and, you know, for his career. So he's got a lot of respect. And now he's even saying that there are such things as false flags, which I've been trying to tell people about false flags for, for a couple of years. And the programmed sheep, like, that is something that they are just not even going to think about sometimes. Because it's so so much fear. It's almost more scary for there to be a false flag attack than to for there to be an actual terrorist attack. Like, think about it. Y- yeah, there's a crazy guy, and he blows up a building. That's not that scary. Because you can always imagine there being crazy people everywhere. I mean, it's scary, but imagine the whole fucking government, or a big part of them, all conspiring and keeping it a secret and pretending like an explosion happened or a bunch of people were shot, and then having a movie studio cinema and having these fake journalists and having fake cops and fake EMTs 
and fake firemen all creating a big Hollywood movie and then passing that off on the mainstream media as if it was real and then telling the entire country it was real and the only people who can see through it are these like tinfoil hat millennial types and you know old people who uh, are just a little bit too uh, virile or what do you call feral you know the sheeple, they, they've been stuck in their box so long that if you bring up some of these conspiracy theories, which are facts, like 9-11, like, I don't see how anybody at this stage, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I know a single person who really believes the 9-11 story. Like, that's a big one. The 9-11 um, thingy. That's got to just, you know, make people stop trusting the government. I think part of the problem is people just get attached to the story of government and they want it to be a true story because they believed it for so their whole life like a religion. It's like if they have a tough time just releasing the ideology and the mythology and uh, they, nobody's ever provided them with a really a good ex working example of no government society mainly because they haven't been looking for it. So nobody kindly walked up uh, and served them, you know, an alter a good alternative, although a lot of people are doing that. I do it. Just got to release that attachment to the story of government. The idea that it can ha that it can be used for good and that it the idea that it's just a tool and that it depends on who's running it and how it's implemented. And if you have, if you uh, implement it right, it'll be paradise on earth, and all of our problems will be will be fixed by our magical god, called government. It's an idea that is based on fundamentally flawed axioms, and it has to be completely abandoned by large, large amounts of people. And the people who are still attached to it, and still work for it, are ultimately going to have to be stood up to physically. Uh, you know, with weaponry on a massive scale, because a small, these small-scale revolts like that Bundy Ranch, that's just not going to cut it. And if you think that you're you're going to have a protest, an armed an armed protest, and you're not ready to die or ready to kill, you know, just forget about it, because they'll they'll get you in their courts, and the courts, then then you know, it's a gang at that point. Like you don't want to have an armed protest and get arrested. Because they will lock your ass up until the revolution's over. And maybe somebody, if they remember, might let you out of there. But that's not my strategy. I don't I don't do armed protests and I don't do open carry, you know, demonstrations and shit. Because you're against up against the forces of evil. And um, if you're gonna bring guns, you gotta be ready to die. Be ready to kill or ready to die. One of the two kill um the you know the, what you really want is to take care of the threat and it's, and make it out with your life and hopefully you're hearing you know uh, wear some earplugs some earmuffs and shit but uh for now i'm st i'm doing it the easy way because i don't have enough friends to take on the government you know i don't have enough people who are ready and have the training uh these people have been training to take people's rights and they are pr they're pretty good at it military that is and you know the national guard the police they're they're on the same team they're organized they know how to uh, invade a home and you know they know how to come in from different angles and shit they know how to dominate a neighborhood this is all israeli military training the police have been receiving this training 
domestic terror type shit. You know, the martial law authorities, whenever, if they ever do that, that's what they're going to do. They'll start going door to door, and they will patrol the streets, and um, they've got this down to a method. And it's it's war. the art of war is what it is, the art of domination. And it can't work in the long run. See, they're just they're just uh, screwing themselves because you never win a war against an indigenous people that knows you're the bad guys. See, for it to work on Americans, they have to convince us that they're the good guys, and that's not working anymore. So once that once that illusion is gone, the idea that government is the good guys, and there's a lot of people attached to it. See, this is why you, the listener, need to do the work. Um, because I can't reach the same people you can, and the work isn't done yet. Otherwise, you wouldn't see cops. If you if if the work was over, there wouldn't be police and politicians and IRS anything. It would all be gone. That's how you know that we you know we're making progress. We are making some progress, but there's a lot more work to do. So don't be afraid to do it, and don't be afraid to even lose friends. Right? If you have a friend whose mind is so in the box that they just vomit on you if you bring up the truth well then fuck that guy right you know tell him nicely and if he's if he won't be your friend anymore then fuck him right we don't need him he wants to be a a statist right these statists like they just gotta wake up that's all there is to it and if they don't want to wake up well fuck them you know that's their problem. Like, are we just gonna live in a cage until they wake up? Until they decide to be nice and let us out of the cage, right? That's what it is. Is that some of these statists, they just don't even. They think like, I don't know. Some of them, it's like they're doing it on purpose, to just to be an asshole. They're just, you know, they. It's all so obvious. Their ideas make it absolutely no sense. No matter how you know, if you know them personally and you talk to them repeatedly which I did in Little Rock with that Socrates Cafe group, it becomes obvious that they're fucking morons. Or they're wrong, at least. It becomes obvious to everyone that they're wrong, but they will still cling to that stupid ideology like a just to be a fucking asshole about it. Like they won't, they, Sometimes they won't admit they're wrong. Not every time, but some of them. And it's like, if you want to be wrong, then fuck you, dude. I don't want to be your friend at all. Like, uh, I'm going to put the truth out, and if and if you want to sit there and be a dick about it, that's your problem. Like, I mean, we can be we can be cool, and you can have your beliefs, even if they're crazy. Uh, but as soon as you start throwing tomatoes at me, just because, and you know, trying to act like you're you're the one who's right when it becomes you know a matter of life and death is where we're at now. This is this is a life and death situation. It's like the Jews in Nazi Germany. Whether or not you you know believe the Jew story, which I've heard that it's got big holes in it, the whole uh, seven million Jews, I've heard that is more complicated than that. That most of them were probably Germans. Actually, is there there were millions of them, but seven million was supposed to be a high estimate, and there wasn't even that many Jews in Germany. But is what I've been hearing. But who knows. But the idea is that, you know, when the government starts coming for you and your friends, it ain't it ain't a fucking game anymore. And and anybody who's sitting here taking their side on everything, as far as I'm concerned, I don't, you know, you're not my friend, bro. If you were my friend, you wouldn't be taking the side of the enemy who's got guns in my face, right? That ain't what friends do. 
they don't sit there and cling to to you know horrible beliefs i mean i can be their friend right you know to you have to you have to uh, be nice to them to a degree like and be patient with them don't just be a t don't insult them right off the bat you know like some of these people are legitimately brainwashed and they still are attached to government it's like when i went through christianity in high school I was emotionally attached to it and mentally attached to it for years, for like two or three years before I got out of it. And I and there was a point where I wanted it to not be true. I wanted I wanted to be an atheist for for a while because I was like this ideology is so fucking insane that it makes me have convictions to do things that are absolutely insane that I don't want to do. I don't want to be a Christian, and I don't want to go around teaching people about God. And I don't want to repent from sin, because that's also in the Bible, the idea that you have to repent from sin to get to heaven. When you believe this shit, and you start you know, looking at what the Bible says, and then you're like, you still are attached to it emotionally, it'll make you want to do crazy shit that is unpleasant and that ruins your life. Stuff like, you know, Mormons do, going around door to door trying to tell people about Mormonism, right? I mean, Christians do this shit too. They go downtown with these stupid signs that says the party ends in hell and shit. Which would be okay, right, if you understood what that really means, right? If they understood the deeper truths, it just seems like they don't a lot of times. It seems like they're just programmed. You know, they're Bible thumpers because that's what their parents were and that's what their preacher does. And everybody in their life told them that they need to be a Bible thumper. And the Bible says you have to be a Bible thumper or you're going to hell. And, you know, you got to be patient with people like that. Don't give up on them too quickly. You know, be persistent. Um, but at the same time, don't let them keep you in the box is what I'm trying to say. Just because, you know, some people are so attached to statism... That doesn't mean that it's okay for me to be a slave still, right? Like, I, I'm going to be free. I'm going to get there whether they like it or not. If they want to, if they're so attached to statism that they will uh, continue paying for government and, and you know, supporting the police and, and everything, well, that's their problem, right? Like, at some point, there has to be a line drawn on the sand. People have to say, we are not um, under your authority and you are not our authorities, and it's got to be the more people, the better, because if it's just five people claiming that they're not going to pay taxes, but they still want to, you know, live and be left alone, well, the government will just come and smash them and not think twice. The psychopaths and the police will not think twice about smashing people's heads in and executing them on the spot if they have to. They do it every day. It's their job. Like, these people are either primary or secondary psychopaths with the job that they have, violating natural law in the consistent, repeated way that they do on a daily basis as a part of their job. Even the ones that appear to be nice, they're fucking secondary psychopaths to a degree. Like, you just can't violate natural law constantly like that and not have it affect your consciousness. Like, it causes stress... And then people get addicted to the stress because it causes cortisol and the adrenaline and shit. Just doing a traffic stop is an addictive thing to do because you, the first time you do it, it'll give you like this uh, rush. It'll give you an adrenaline rush because what you're doing, it's like a fucking hunting game or something. It's like you're a predator and you get this, you see the prey, which is a guy speeding, 
and then now you get to flip your lights on and now he's threatened by you and you know you get to scare the shit out of him and then he pulls over and then you never know if he's going to have a gun and be a crazy guy and then maybe you'll get to kill somebody in self defense <laughs> self defense right even though you started it so you know doing that on a daily basis eventually it gets old and you know it loses the rush your brain sort of gets fried a little bit in the, those parts that have the adrenaline now you need a some more adrenaline right so now you just start being a dick that's kind of fun let's just start pulling people over and then being a total dick and <laughs> see how that goes that's kind of an adrenaline rush be a bully then we'll oh i know what we'll do we'll get on the drug intervention team and start stealing people's shit we'll start um We'll look out for cash and we'll start stealing their shit. Like, they do this. It's legal. It's called a civil asset forfeiture. And what that means is that if they see a certain amount of cash in your car, they just take it. And you're not going to get it back without a fucking legal fight, which will cost you thousands of dollars. They've, they've um, like the DEA alone, I just saw this on the internet, has uh, take it stolen $4 billion in cash not including all the other assets, but just fucking cash. In the last 10 years, the DEA alone, through civil asset forfeiture of, you know, they raid people's houses or their cars or whatever it is, and then if they find cash, they fucking take it, no questions asked. And it said something like $3.2 billion of that $4 billion was distributed among the, the DEA itself. So it's like they're paying themselves pocket, you know, they, they pocket the fucking money that they steal from people. And it's not just the DEA, it's the fucking sheriff doing this shit, and it's the local police. You see stories of it if you're if you're uh, in touch with the internet. I've been seeing these stories for the last eight years, or ten years at least. Stories about how in certain towns, like in Texas, there uh, about ten years ago I kept hearing this. In Texas, oh, and Oklahoma is really bad about it too, the Oklahoma Highway Patrol. If you drive through the wrong town and you and you look like uh, you could be easily victimized, meaning if you're, you know, a person of color or if you have like a really old shitty car kind of thing, stuff like that, you look like you don't have very much money and connections and shit. They they'll pull you over based on profiling first in the first case and and part of being a cop is that you nobody can question you about pulling someone over you always have an excuse there's always an excuse to pull a person over all you have to do is make one up and the judge and everyone will believe you even if it's on tape even if it's fucking on tape my friend was uh, pulled over by one of these pigs and they be they like pushed him around a bit and then they they found like weed in his car or something. And so he had a big fucking legal fight, and it cost thousands of dollars, and, you know, he was just trying to go through grad school and get his degree and shit, and he was just there to meet with a professor, you know, in Memphis, and, well, what do you know, these dickhead cops pull him over, and then they claim, they claimed that he didn't put his blinker on, but then the video came out, and he did put his blinker on, but, but that doesn't fucking matter, you know, <laughs> that doesn't, that made, it makes absolutely no difference. So that's a big fucking mess. But part of the the idea is though, um, you go through a bumfuck town and and you know that makes all of its money through fucking dickhead cops. There's a really bad one in the Arkansas called Guy. There's a town called Guy, kind of by the Conway area, and every goddamn time you go through there, 
There's a fucking pig. He's camped out. It's the same one every fucking time. And he and he's a total doucher. I haven't got caught by him yet, but I've heard about him. And I see him there every time. Some of these tiny towns, that's like their primary source of income. And they have to have income because they have a budget, right? And then if they if they run out of money, I don't even know what happens. If the town runs out of money, <laughs> I don't know. Does the SWAT team come in and kill everybody? Is that what happens? There's a good movie. Um preview it was this movie uh it was a horror movie about a standardized test like for high school students in the in this dystopian future where the government's even more out of control and the the leader kind of reminded me of trump he was white you know typical president leader in a movie but he kind of reminded me of trump and he was saying that the america has you know the highest iq of any country and and we uh, what is it called? The thinning. Yeah, it's like thinning, thinning the herd. They, there's a new movie coming out called The Thinning, where they now have a systematic uh, execution of high school kids based on how good they perform on a standardized test, right? Because there's not enough money for everybody. You know, we can only, we can only, uh, we got to do some sort of eugenics, right? Not everybody can be allowed to live here. Only the best. You have to be better than the other kids at our standardized test. And we are the controllers and the masters. We are the satanic overlords. And we have a right to uh, to choose who lives and who dies. That's what Satanism is. You know, we, we are in charge. And our DNA led us to the top of the, the pecking order. And, and that means that, you know, we're just going to choose who lives and who dies. And we'll make a standardized test. And uh, if you're not good at math, then fuck you. And a funny thing is, um, when they get the results in in class, they take it in a class like a typical standardized test. And when the results come back, they the teacher announce everybody who's going to die. <laughs> and then these these armed like paramilitary black you know black mass goons, government goons come in. They just storm in out of nowhere, out of the shadows, and they gr- grab the kids off, and they're like screaming. And you wonder, you know, what's going to happen to the kids? Are they going to rape them first? Which is what government does a lot of times. You know, ask anyone, ask any honest person in the military, you know, what they do to, to the people they're about to execute. <laughs> that's some serious stuff. Goes. That's basically how our society is already. I mean, if you run out of money, that's the standardized test, uh, the money s- system. Like, they've elevated that as being more important than human life. And they'll justify it with things like overpopulation, which is what it was in the movie. The thinning is like, uh, you know, the globe's overpopulated, so not everyone can live. If you, if you run out of money, then fuck you. Just go live on the street, right? But the funny thing about the overpopulation myth is that it will seem, it'll appear things are overpopulated to people. And the reason it'll appear that way is because what the ruling elite powers that shouldn't be have done is they've crammed everyone into these cities where it is overpopulated in the cities, but there was no reason why we have to live this way because there's more land than, you know, everybody could have like 10 acres or whatever. There's plenty of land. They just, they've made it so expensive to live outside of the city and there's no jobs there that uh, no one can afford it. And they're, therefore they're able to consolidate all the land to massive corporations like uh, Monsanto, who owns, you know, tens of millions of acres at least, you know, probably a billion acres for just Monsanto. 
So they can just pollute the shit out of everything and grow poisonous food and spray Roundup in everybody's fucking food and then lie about it. You know, I don't know how much Roundup you ate today, but I I probably ate a little bit of Roundup. I had some, uh, some of that flour. Yeah, wheat flour. That was probably a bad decision. Probably GMO flour. Definitely got Roundup in it. So, uh, thanks for that, Monsanto. <laughs> not not only do they steal all the land. Oh, and that's what this whole uh, Bureau of Land Management thing is about. Is uh, the government... And the Clyde Bundy, Bundy Ranch thing, uh, they were stealing their, their cattle. Which, you know, animal slavery is not a right. But, uh... We're not quite to that moral standard yet. And we get, you know... It's good to get away from farming if you can enslave the animals. That'll that'll up your karma. It's a good thing to do. But these ranchers, uh, the government was stealing their cattle, and they were using the excuse, the Bureau of Land Management was using the excuse that an endangered turtle lives on your ranch, and your cattle might be stepping on the turtle. So we're just going to shoot. They were just, you know, executing the cows and burying them with, like, a backhoe. <laughs> Which is just ridiculous. And, you know, they were trying to steal the, the rancher's land. And, yeah, their excuse is that, uh, well, a turtle lives here. And so that means it's our land. We'll take care of it. And usually what they do after they do that is just turn around and uh, auction it off to the highest bidder, which might be Walmart or Monsanto in this case. And, you know, they don't care about turtles. But, you know, the, the Bundys, I guess, weren't having it. And, uh... Uh, they're learning all about how evil the government is now. I don't know if they knew ahead of time how bad it was. And maybe they just did this to prove a point and to to show the world how evil the government is, which they did a good job. See, they they did good work. Even if they got in jail and in jail and uh you know in court and everything, they did they sacrificed a lot just to get the message out and to show that you know rebellion against these fucking psychopath order following devils rebellion is possible but um in the future it's going to have to be more organized and and there's going to have to be millions of rebels not just fucking hundreds of militiamen they had militiamen showing up you know with sniper rifles you know aimed at these government dickheads so it was serious it was serious business it was a very uh, inspiring thing to see and uh you know, of course, the government—they, the government—is so goddamn hard-headed that they will just murder their own order followers. That's the funny thing about these cops and military is they don't realize that the higher ups in government could give a goddamn shit about them. Like they will throw them under the bus over and over and over again till the end of time. That's what always happens to the order followers. They're just useful tools, and you know, once they're used up, then they don't even—they don't even get medical benefits. Uh, you know, after getting their legs blown up, because the government could give a fuck, care fucking less about about um, medical benefits for anybody, which is you know a part of the Obamacare joke is like, you know, the idea that this is not just about control, and you know, the idea that Obama does actually care about anything. <laughs> you can see, I mean, you can see him laughing. You can see Obama laughing with his evil, dirty, you know. Crooked smile, I don't know what you even call that. Uh, clever, like a fox almost. His smile, you know, about how stupid everyone is, that they actually think he cares about their health. <laughs> and, you know, this isn't just about giving a 
the government and the pharmaceutical and insurance companies, you know, more money from <laughs> making everything more expensive and, you know, blocking, you know, giving them further control of what medicines people are allowed. And, you know, it's like people just grow up. Forget about it. Yeah, you gotta let go of the mythology. Government uh, is based on fundamentally flawed axioms like authority. There is no authority. You know, the opposite of authority is equality. Equality is the opposite of authority, right? I mean, how can you be? How can there be equal rights and simultaneously there be certain people with more rights than others? Which is what authority is. Authority claims that they get to make up the law. And they claim that nobody else gets to do that but them. See, they're claiming that they have extra rights. You know, they claim that they get to steal everyone's stuff with taxation, but nobody else gets to do that, only them and their enforcers. Because they're better than everyone. They have more rights. That's what they're claiming. What else do they claim? Oh, yeah, yeah. They claim that uh, you have no power, and they have all of the power. But they, as long as they just divide it up amongst themselves... You know, we as long as we separate powers and have checks and balances, then it's okay. It justifies the whole fucking thing. You know, we get all the power, and as long as we divide it up you know, with a legislative branch that gets to make up right and wrong, a special power that nobody else has ever, and we have a judicial branch which gets to interpret what right and wrong is, and they're the only ones who get to interpret anything. Because they're special. They have extra rights. And then we have the enforcer branch, um, which they get to enforce natural law. And that's a right that no one else has. And we have the jailers, and they their sole right is to to keep people in cages. And that's nobody else has that right in society. And if anyone else does it, we'll just we'll murder you. But the the jail people they get to keep people in cages, and they don't need to know anything about what the person actually did. They just follow orders. You know, we tell them to keep this person in cage. And it doesn't matter if they were just a drug user doesn't matter if you know they just smoked some weed um if they just didn't pay their taxes or you know whatever they did that's none of your business jailer you just keep an eye on them and don't fucking think about it don't even look up any statistics about the amount of nonviolent people that are in prison in america which is like 90 percent of you know the millions and millions of people in prison are there for nothing they're there because the government uh they didn't follow the rules exactly, or maybe they even did. A lot of them did follow the rules exactly. They just, oh, the fucking rules change all the time. Because the legislators, you know, change their mind every day. So one day K2 is legal, and then the next fucking day, you know, someone's going to prison. Because, uh, oh, shit, I didn't get the memo. <laughs> I didn't get the memo until this fucking SWAT team burst through the windows like a bunch of fucking G.I. Joes. <laughs> Yeah, and all the citizens, they have no fucking rights. They have no power at all. You know, we took all the power, and we divided it amongst ourselves, and that's fair, because the Constitution says so. And, you know, the founders of the country all signed the Constitution, and there was 20 of them, 20 white men, all signed and agreed to this 250 years ago, and therefore that makes it all justified. And your sole duty as a citizen is to vote. As long as you vote that's going to set you free voting is the key to freedom and everything that happens that goes wrong in society can be blamed on you you didn't vote for the right person and therefore you fucked everything up citizen it's not our fault we're just we're just we represent you 
and we are you, and you're, for some reason, doing to this to yourself. That's why there's so many fucked up drug laws. It's your fault, because you're a dumbass, ignorant prick who voted for Richard Nixon. What were you fucking thinking? You should have voted for Lindenberg or whatever. You you should have been able to predict that Richard Nixon was going to start a war on drugs. How could you have not seen that coming? Are you a fucking idiot? Is that, you know, better luck next time, citizen. Better not fuck up the next time you vote. Or we'll fuck your ass up. That's that's how we that's how we ended up here. Two hundred and fifty years of morons voting, thinking that you know there is a correct person to vote for. There is no there is nobody that you should ever vote for. You know, just because you voted for a person doesn't legitimize their authority. There is no such thing as representation. Because I I don't consent to it. See, I don't I don't consent to anybody representing my view. Because I'm the only one who can see from my view and present my view accurately. And I don't I don't give anyone else permission to. Doesn't matter if you vote for a fucking dickhead to represent me. Fuck that. If you think that some stranger represents me against my will, then you're, you're completely retarded. As far as I'm concerned. Because I'm telling you right now, nobody represents me. So we can we can disagree on this, and they, they, you know the status will do that. They will say yes, they do. Dis- they do represent you, and you're a fucking child. That's what they'll tell you. They'll tell you you're a child because you don't want to go along with fucking slavery, hard hardcore slavery, you know, and men with guns wanting to put you in prison for owning certain plants. You don't want to go along with that, and so the status will try to call you the child when and think that you're entitled. They they'll they'll tell me that I'm entitled. Because I somehow think that I have rights, and you know, I'm. Why am I not just going along to get along like they are? They think I'm the one entitled, when it's the fucking authorities that think that they're think they're entitled. Like the authorities are claiming ownership over other people's bodies and other people's products of their labor. Like they think they own the product of my labor, and you're telling me I'm the one entitled? They like these. The like. <laughs> Oh, the irony. <laughs> it's just... It's too much. Oh, it's too much. <laughs> Somebody help me out. Leo. I can't do all the great work by myself. We need, you know, we need more people. Some stand-up comics. We need some stand-up comics to do this. I'm trying I'm trying my best. Uh, people will listen to comedians. Some of them will. You know, just go to the open mic and figure out a joke or something. Make it into a joke. Maybe I should do it. I've done I've done a open comedy open mic one time. It went really well. I talked about the TSA and how I I like to get super fucking stoned and then go to the TSA and the story about how they fucking sexually assaulted me in front of a kid. You know, which happened. There's a child and her mom had just gone out of the uh cancer scanner and there I am, high as shit on cannabis with a fucking TSA goon with his hands in my pants, you know, pulling my pants way like six inches. I had stretch pants. They were pulling them up, just looking, you know, in my pants. And then this little girl just walks by with her mouth hanging down, you know, just staring, you know, shocked. And her mom has this horrified look on her face. See, that's a funny story. And, and it has a moral lesson. The moral lesson is um, never give anybody authority over you. Because, 
because and and for God's sake, don't give them authority over strangers because that's just bad karma. I mean, if you want to be their slave, that's not really what slavery is. If you're willingly going along, you know, with the punishment, and that's what do they call that domination? What do they call that? Uh, femdom or something? <laughs> what is that called? Uh, there's some sort of porno thing where you like being dominated. That's not slavery because it's consensual. If you like pain and you like suffering and you like shitty ass um, conditions, then by all means, be a government slave. But don't put that on me because I don't want to be, you know, someone. I don't need a dominatrix. I already got enough problems and pain. I don't need uh, all that extra itis coming from the fucking TSA claiming that they're trying to protect me by raping me. That's just fucked. <laughs> That's just fucked, man. Rape is bad. and It doesn't matter if the TSA claims that they have to look for bombs in your asshole. It's still bad. So this, this has been a pretty extreme episode of Nathan's Freedom Zone. But that's the purpose of freedom. You just say what you want, even if it offends other people. See, people got to get out of the whole bubbles. They're little bubbles. They're safe zones is what they call it at college now. Where if you're offended by somebody else's speech, somehow by definition, that means the other person is wrong. This is where America is really is going. It's called uh, cultural Marxism or cultural Nazism. Basically, it's just another excuse for the government to start kidnapping people. Even more people. Like, you know, drugs is a good excuse. And they got a lot of people with drugs, but they need to get the rest of us. Got to get the rest of us so they can outnumber us. And then, you know, sooner or later we'll realize there's, you know, more of these fucking pigs than there are citizens. So another excuse they're using now is the whole political correctness nonsense. Which is just like... It's fucking authority taken to the extreme again with uh, the authorities get to decide what what is politically correct and politically incorrect. And anybody who disagrees with them, well, now that's they're the problem. And all you have to do to get someone in trouble now is to be offended. And the authorities will gladly agree with you. Like if you're if you're offended by something, just let the authorities know and they will they will use that as their excuse for kidnapping the other person. And they don't actually give a damn if you're offended. That's that's not the point. The point is to just get as much people in the cage as they can. And so they want everybody betraying each other. And they'll they'll attack the weakest links, meaning they will mind control the people who are easily offended and, you know, you know, completely afraid of people and they they control freaks, you know, little miniature mini me satanist status that uh, have a problem with, you know, people just talking, normal shit. Like, you can't even, like, Donald Trump can't even say that he likes to grab a woman by the pussy without half the fucking country flipping out. Uh, I mean, uh, I don't know. I thought that was kind of funny, to be honest. <laughs> Oh, just because he said that, uh, first of all, like, who says that, really? Like, what? <laughs> oh, that's such a weird thing to fucking say. It, it's, it kind of makes you cringe, but at the same time, it, to me, a lot of times when these cringeworthy moments, 
they make some some people uncomfortable, but to me, they just make me laugh like hysterically sometimes. Whenever somebody is creating an awkward situation, usually by being a, a imbalanced male, uh, there is a guy in Little Rock that used to do this stuff at at comedy night. Uh, a lot of them, to be honest, at those comedy open mics, there's a lot of imbalanced uh, men at these comedy open mics, which is why there's not a lot of girls there, but that's one of the reasons, is because you go there, and you just want to have, be entertained a little bit, and then there's some douche, some guy, you know, comes up to, to do the open mic, and what does he want to talk about? Oh, he wants to talk about all those crazy porno videos that he saw, <laughs> Like, that's such a common joke at a comedy night, that it's like, it's almost never funny, because it's, almost every time, it just creeps people out. But to me, whenever that happens, I laugh because I'm like, I just find it hilarious, you know, how there can be an imbalanced man and he doesn't even realize, you know, that he's coming off this way. It's, it's just a joke to me. I laugh because I used to be in that position. I was there before, so I understand where it's coming from. When I was in like high school and middle school, I was super imbalanced. I didn't have, uh, you know, control over my energy. I was... Uh, addicted to online porn and so I thought you know I didn't know how to fit in and make people laugh and so one of the ways that I thought you were supposed to make people laugh was bring up you know nasty stuff that you see on the internet or something right and just be weird so <laughs> all it does though a lot of times it just creeps people out so I, uh, at least I'm not at that position in life anymore see that's probably the fool card Today I got the fool upside down, which is good. I had gotten the fool right side up earlier this year. Got the fool right side up, um, which, you know, I had gotten a really hard reading kind of earlier this year. I got the devil card, and what else did I get? I got a guy, oh yeah, I got the fool, I got the devil, I got a guy... Looking with no shoes on outside when it's snowing because he's so fucking poor. And he's like walking around just trying to get help, basically. And I got a bunch of good cards, but they were all upside down, which was basically like the doors are shut. You know, all these good things that I want. Yeah, I got the same, you know, four of pinnacles with the guy. Basically, you know, your money situation is not straight is what it's telling me. It's like, you need, you know, you got money problems, bro. They're, they're not really manifesting for me now because I have the safety net, but um, it's a problem. It, you know, it's something that has to be taken care of at some point in my life. Can't really afford much more for your mind conferences with the rate, the rate that I'm going. This might be, hopefully, well, it won't be the last one, I don't think, but, um, you know, there's going to have to be a lot of work. After I graduate, that's the thing. That, that school just fucked my whole finances up dude i mean if i didn't have super rich parents you know that i would have been in a fucking huge mess right now with the whole uh first of all i wouldn't have gone to school because i didn't i wasn't excited about school so maybe i wouldn't be in a mess who knows what i would be it's a hypothetical situation right you can't um these hypothetical situations could drive you crazy. Like one, a big one for me is like sometimes I will wonder what it would be like if I was a girl instead of a boy, and <laughs> I just can't know, right? Because my entire life would be different. You know, who knows what I would be like? But it makes me wonder. 
it's an interesting thing to ponder. One thing I've always wanted to do was just switch bodies with a person for just one day. Just to see what it would be like to be a girl. <laughs> just, just for one day. So that I could, you know, walk in their shoes. And, uh... Oh, man. Oh, man. I'm getting some good cards. I accidentally drew more cards from the tarot. Should put I should put the deck away. Quit while I'm ahead. I just got some good ones. I accidentally drew them. Let's see what I got. Oh, the star. Excellent card. Uh, it's got a naked goddess on it. Um, star. So she's pouring um, water on land and into a pool. What it almost looks like is she's sucking water up this little vase from the pool outside. And when it's the same thing is on the temperance card. And the temperance card which is an excellent card. Oh, these are good cards. I'm glad I got these. What else did I get? A ten of cups. Oh, I got a nine of cups in the last reading, and here we have a ten. And ten is the epitome of cups. That's a very good sign. It, what we have on the card is a two, a couple, and, and with kids, and they're all happy because there's so much abundance and everything's growing, and they got their home, and there's no... The forces of evil have all been taken care of, and finally there's freedom, and everyone's happy. That's where we're trying to go. Those are good cards. Knight of Pentacles. That's kind of interesting. So this is the fire aspect of... I think Earth. Fire aspect of Earth. That's a good sign. Not as good as the Knight of Cups, which was upside down. Good in a different way. So I got two knights. One upside down, this one right side up. Knights are good because they're fire. And I, I have a lot of fire. Riding a black horse with a pinnacle. Okay, four... Oh, four of wands. That's a good one. Means like stability. Oh, yep, stability and the masculine fire aspect of work. Yeah, you know, it brings good things. So makes sense. I would get that one. And a six of wands, which is another good one. Okay, feeling a little better about the reading. A funny thing about tarot is if you don't like a reading, you don't have to be stuck with it. What you can do is you can just turn the cards however you want. Like, if I wanted to... Oh, this is what I'm going to do. We're going to cheat. Let's turn Let's turn the lover's card uh, right side up. Oh, that's a big one. Yep. Oh, oh, we did it. There it is. Turn the lovers. Let's turn... Um, I know the ones. Uh, Knight of, oh, yeah. Let's turn this Knight of Cups. Oh, there we go. That's better. <laughs> All right. So now in my reading, I have a right side up Knight of Cups. And I have a right side up lover's card. The fool is still upside down. Why don't we um, just go ahead and turn these uh, material possession cards right side up? So now I have a six, which stands for pinnacles, abundance, right side up. Now uh, you have a guy with a scale because he understands natural law and uh, how to manifest things in an abundant way. And he's sharing it with the beggars and stuff. And we're going to turn this four of uh, pentacles upside, right side up too. Because uh, that'll help me get my fan finances, you know, in order, right? I, I got the lesson that they were, you know, out of control, but it's really not that bad. 
I got the safety net. So, you know, we're just we're just going to be conscious of that and head in the right direction from now on. So, this is called tarot magic. And uh the way it works is that if you don't like your reading, just fucking change it, dude. It's it almost fixes something in your brain. It's like you it's like your brain taking command of the field and it and it's I swear it has an effect in the field cuz one time I was really high and I had this terrible adventure. I did a, a reading like this and then it was that bad reading I had told everyone about with the uh, devil card and the fool card and the poor person card and all those good cards that were upside down. Oh, I did get a good card though. I got a knight of wands. So uh yeah, the Knight of Wands is the fire aspect of fire, which basically was telling me that my, you know, masculine energy was right on track, and I was, you know, I was doing good. Devil card showed up because uh, I was facing temptation, and the temptation, you know, I was right on, the, I was right on the edge for a week or two of relapsing. I was, oh man, it was so tempting, you know, with the online porn, which is why uh, the Devil card has a, a man and a woman. Uh, sort of like they're sex slaves of the devil, but in the card they're willfully choosing to be the devil's sex slaves, so they can get out. But a funny thing about the, the devil card is he's extremely strong, and to get out from under his clutches, you have to have willpower, and you got to be focused, and you know you have to know where you want to get to, and you have to know how to get there. Which I'm at that level now. And I escaped the devil, but but one thing I did when I was high is I I re that's when I learned tarot magic. Is I realized I don't have to be stuck with with this shitty reading, you know, because I was sort of flipping freaking out about it too. Because I was like, yeah, dude, this is right where I'm at, and uh, there's all these doors that are upside down. And I re I started to realize I've got to work on these doors one at a time, and one of them was the finances. And I was like, yeah, if I can get that finances right side up. Then, um, you know, this other door, which was probably like, probably something to do with, uh, you know, sexual desire. The other door would turn itself up, and, you know, I could work on them one at a time. But then I realized, I was like, dude, I gotta get rid of that devil card, right? So I, th I tried um, throwing new tarot cards on top of the devil. And that worked really well. You know, there's a lot of good cards in the tarot deck. Which is part of why um, it can be helpful to use the upside down rule, where if it's upside down, it's the opposite of the card, because so many of them are just good cards that it can bias it towards <laughs> positive things. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not. It's, it's your choice. But um, so I got some good ones, and I covered the devil card with a few cards, and I started putting them in different locations around where I was sitting to see what was going on. I might even do that tonight. I put them in different locations around the room and they would form in these little patterns where you had these characters that were forming in little teams and little groups and a lot of them were, you know, really good. Really good stuff going on in a lot of these little groups. And eventually though, I just had to, I had to take the tarot the, the devil card out of the reading. I had to take him out and just throw him away from the pile because I didn't because I knew he was still under there. I knew he was still right and he was holding he was holding me into that guy the guy with the no shoes on in the snow. That that was me and it was because I was playing around in the devil's playground on the internet 
that's why I was stuck in that horrible position. And so what I needed to do, I needed to separate that guy from the devil and get a bunch of good cards around him. So I just threw the devil away and eventually I even threw that threw that guy out because I didn't want to be him anymore or something. So, you know, the the key is you don't have to be stuck with your reading. And it can be it can feel very empowering and it'll have an effect in the quantum field if you just take control of your tarot reading and then throw out the cards you don't like and if you see good ones upside down, well then just turn them right side up. You know, that's that's what I just did and I already feel better. <clears throat> feel like I might have a better free your mind conference cuz I turned the lover lovers card right side up and and the knight of cups. Those are those are very Oh, and I, I drew the temperance and the star. Man, those are those are good cards to draw. And that oh, the 10 of cups. Oh yeah. Those are good cards. So um cups are feminine energy. And drawing this 10 sort of represents abundance of feminine energy, which uh, as as a male, that sort of uh, sounds exciting. <laughs> so hope, hopefully that'll you know I'll get to the free or buy conference and that'll be how you know how it looks when I get there. We'll see. Temperance card though is uh, we have an angel looking being with wings and a robe, a white robe. She she has similar to the star. She has one foot in the pond and one foot on land. And what that represents is being in touch with the uh, divine field in the spirit realm and doing the internal work and having balance internally and channeling stuff in from source, which is sort of what the water represents, and bringing that in down to the earthly planes and expressing it here in physical manifested reality. Sort of what this... Uh, card represents and she has two cups in her hands and there's water flowing back and forth and uh, between the cups so what that sort of represents to me is that this person or being is a master of emotion and feminine energy and see the being has an upward pointing triangle in the middle of its robe which what I understand of an upward triangle that's the masculine aspect of consciousness so it's almost like this is a man who is a master of handling feminine energy and that's sort of the whole theme of this card is combining masculine and feminine energy in a balanced conscious way that is going to result in good things in life and he you know he's got a halo and a you know light shining at his third eye he's got something on his third eye that makes it look wide open so this is a high level card to get and the star is similar to that because this uh, naked lady has like um, one cup, one foot in the water and one foot on land again, and she's playing with the water. One, um, it looks like she's pouring water into the pond, and she is also pouring water onto the land. So she's bringing that divine, feminine, balanced, good emotions from the spirit realm and the emotional internal realm into manifested reality and that's resulting in happiness and growth and good things for everybody involved so that excites me you know makes me think that might have good experiences over at free mind because my masculine i'm bringing the divine masculine definitely bringing it this year i bring it every year but uh so once i figured that out uh, I was, you know, I didn't have any more excuses for my suffering, so I had to change. And I've changed, and now I can bring my gifts that I was, you know, given. 
bring my gifts and uh, maybe experience the opposite side of consciousness, which is the feminine side. Since it is sort of like a birthright almost, you know. Don't think it's like you. they owe it to you, though. That's not what I'm saying. It's just like, I was born in this realm. That's, you know, what. that's what men want. They just want to experience the, the, the opposite side of it. And so that's sort of the whole purpose of life. There's nothing to make a big deal out of, which is what religion does. You know, make guilt trip everybody. Make it so that nobody can even talk about it. <laughs> because it's too fucking weird it's too weird because you don't know if you're going to hell just for thinking about it <laughs> much less talking about it if you talk about it well then you're a fucking slut only sluts talk about sex <laughs> oh god I mean it's almost like the demiurge himself put these ideas into the preacher's heads like where, the, where did they even come up with this shit is it in the bible is it I mean, this is self-hatred, like, to the max, you know. <laughs> how, are, how are people supposed to reproduce when they are so fucked up about sex that they will, like, they can't even talk about it? Like, how much less do it, you know, and feel good about it? That's, like, guilt trip is a gigantic problem with Christians. Like, they're so fucked up sometimes sexually that they just they're 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 terrified they, you know guilt tripped they think they have to be married or else you know it's a sin that is some fucked up shit to take into your consciousness right i mean this is part of the whole reason why people are so sexually frustrated and fucked up in america it's because it's you know has this christian puritanical tradition of slut shaming and you know homophobia is a good example of this i mean that is just not healthy that's not helping anybody here right it's just making it more difficult for all of us so i, I it, i'm glad that a lot of people have gotten out of that you know but you don't want to swing to the opposite end of the spectrum just to rebel right that's kind of stupid otherwise you'll have to learn the hard way that way which i guess you know i had to learn that way with the internet stuff i didn't listen to those religious people talking about how uh masturbation is bad <laughs> i wouldn't listen to them because they sounded like these you know middle-aged overweight women telling me not to masturbate i was like you really think i'm gonna listen to you because jesus says is what they would say jesus says it's bad the bible says you know it's bad that's all they would say it was like that's not gonna fucking work, <laughs> lady. They would tell you not to like uh, kiss a girl or to hold hands or do anything. They would say all of that's bad. If you do any of that, then you're going to hell. Kind of stuff. Stuff so similar to that. Or you need to ask for forgiveness. You have to feel guilty at least. You might not go to hell just for that, but you have to at least feel super guilty. And you definitely don't want to keep doing it, or else. Um, They'll come up with the craziest explanations. They'll be like, well, you're robbing your future husband. <laughs> if you enjoy yourself now, well, that's somehow robbing your future husband of his, you know, divine right to virginity or something. Whatever they say. Just ridiculous. That didn't help me because I grew up in a Christian school. And so, you know, all the girls there were all programmed and so were the boys. And, uh just a terrible atmosphere because we were all slaves we all had to do our homework and stuff and there was no fun to be had so jesus didn't allow fun you know you had to make room for jesus like they would literally say that like if you were sitting too close 
to a girl, they would tell you, well, is there room for Jesus in between y'all? <laughs> and they, they would have this thing that was called PDA, called Public Display of Affection, where... Yeah, if you got too close to somebody, they would say PDA, and then then the the teachers would like tell you not to <laughs> do that. It was against the rules, which is it's like God, give me a break. And not only do you have to completely destroy my life with slavery and homework, you know, you're gonna you're gonna do that to me too. Not that 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 even really happened to me very often, because. I wasn't an attractive person back then. I was definitely fucked up. And so my life was just totally miserable all around. I mean, um, I can say that and feel good about it, right? The, you know, some people will try to throw throw tomatoes in your face if you say something like that. They'll be like, well, you, you don't even know what a miserable life is. Why don't you just go and try growing up in Africa where you're starving to death? Or try growing up in China. Then you'll know what misery truly is. I thought about that, you know, for a while, and it's not a valid thing to say to a person. That's just de that's just um, diminishing their pain. You know, you're trying to just blow them off as a a fucking spoiled kind of person. It's like, yeah, it's like you know, some of this pain is real for a lot of people, even if it even if it's not as bad as like Jay Parker, you know, being raped by Satanists every day of his life. Yeah, but I mean, my life wasn't that fucking bad. I mean, but it, I still had fucking pain and karma. You can't just blow that off, you know. Just because I didn't grow up in North Korea. <laughs> this is what statists do. They do this shit. Yeah, they say that um, if you want, if you don't like it here, why don't, why don't you? If you think, uh, if you think anarchy is gonna work, and this is slavery. Oh yeah, that's what they say. If you think this is slavery, then you just need to go experience slavery in Somalia. You know, you don't even know what slavery is. You know, why don't you just read a history book about black people, or you need to go over to and experience real slavery? Then you wouldn't be saying this is slavery. Just trying to blow it off like you're, you know, these legitimate, valid, painful situations called a government in our country. They want to just blow all that off and say that you don't know what slavery is, even though I do know what slavery is, because I've been enslaved my whole life. You know, it's a degree. We are enslaved. Admit it. You know, we can't overcome it without admitting that it's happening. And if we just keep saying that it's not as bad uh, as your, your, my, our experience isn't bad, you should be thankful that you're enslaved here. <laughs> I should be thankful that I live here. <laughs> <laughs> Where my whole life has been, you know, pain over and over again every day. Part of it was my fault, you know, a large part of it was my fault, but not all of it, you know, not even close to all of it was my fault. I didn't choose to go to school. They made me go to school. Right? We're all in it together. Just gotta uh, forgive each other. Forgive yourself. Try to do the shadow work. You know, get that out of the way. That's what all those ceremonies are for. It'll help you out. 